People say once a cheater, always a cheater. But once I opened up that door, I couldn't stop cheating. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about if this theory is true. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Now, have you ever been cheated on? Or have you maybe done the cheating yourself? What is really going on in the mind and heart of a cheater to allow them to hurt someone so badly? Well, today we will have John Nicholas on our show who had a past of constant habitual cheating, so much so that it destroyed many relationships and even marriages. He is going to describe why he was always cheating and how he got set free from that behavior pattern. Like, it changed for him. John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Anle. I'm glad that I'm here and welcome all. John, it's awesome to have you here with us today. Because I know you're not a cheater anymore. This was your old identity. But I do have some questions. Now, I have personally been cheated on, John. And yes, it hurt really bad. But tell us a little bit about why you think the dynamic of how you grew up helped to form that behavior pattern in your adult life. Well, the dynamic of how I grew up was a very tumultuous environment, very aggressive, very verbal, abusive. Mm. So kind of my identity was lost growing up in the beginning all throughout, really, of my teenage years and my 20s. And then, you know, as a young man, deprived of my own identity, deprived of the things that you should have, which is, you know, people around you that support you and, you know, raise you up properly. I felt as if cheating was a bit of my scapegoat, was a bit of my certificate of approval. Wow. So that's why I went that route. So, John, tell me a little bit about your father growing up. Well, Anle, you probably know more than I do. I think he was on the back of a milk carton somewhere. I don't know him. Oh, geez. So he wasn't there? No, he wasn't. I don't know. I mean, honestly, when I was growing up, when I looked at men that were around or my mother brought around, you know, I thought, could this guy be my dad, you know? Wow. And that's part of how I got rejected also. So I would cling on to guys and he'd be like, hey, get away, kid. You know, so I was always that one. Yeah, I was always that one wanting to want someone to be my father. And I longed for that. And when I didn't have it, you know, I had to look elsewhere. Man, I think a lot of people can relate to that. So you felt a lot of rejection also from your mother at a young age. How did you find acceptance in sexual relationships with other girls? I understand you were sexually active by the age of 10. What does that look like? Well, I don't even want to look what that looks like, you know, because I'm a father now. So what does it look like? I don't want to see it. Yeah. But in terms of what it was for me, it was a young man who was exposed to pornography at a young age. So I kind of Mm. wanted to do what I saw on screen. Yeah. And, you know, I was at an age where I was mature because of the abuse that I suffered. And then I was charismatic and personable because of my humor. Yeah. So, you know, that was a very beautiful conglomerate of toxicity that worked out well for a 10-year-old. Now, I understand, though, your relationship with your mother, even though she was all you had, it was not good. Like, she would be not very good with you. Yeah, it was non-existent is what that was. Okay, so basically she was your mom, but she didn't really spend a lot of time focusing on you at all? Yeah, I've never was told that I love you by my mother. 
Oh my gosh, that's hard. So there's not that connection of, well, I remember when we were at the park and she would look at me. No, I don't, I wouldn't wow. know. You know, there's, there was none of that. I understand there is like physical abuse that was involved and you got to the point where you were kicked out of your mother's house and you joined a cult that was against whites and Asians and exalted black people as God's chosen people. I understand this group made sure that you didn't have sex at all. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm not certain what they specified against just whites and Asians, but they were called the Hebrew Israelites, and they believed that their original 12 tribes of Israel. Mm. And what I was taught was a lot of hate. I was taught that, you know, only like the black people, the minorities, like they were the ones that were chosen by God. Oh. And anyone that's Anglo-Saxon or Asian or even African and other types were not included. And so they tried to get me to hate as much as I could with that. But I never let that hate enter my heart, though. Right. Wow. But you're in this group. And it would make sense because this group showed you acceptance. Sure. Something that your parents did not show you. Absolutely. Yeah. It was like a sorority. I mean, I love the fact that they brought me in. They loved on me. And I had a lot of older men that loved on me and really came alongside me. But what I didn't know was it was at an expense. It was at a cost. Wow. But they were like really strict. So you were as celibate as possible. But then the group breaks up and you get older and you start getting girlfriends, relationships, and even start cheating at that point. Mm-hmm. Tell me the first time that happened. What was going on in your mind when it was happening in order to make cheating possible? Oh, God. I mean, I don't know how far back you want me to date here. <laughs> but I mean, I basically was making up for lost time. So I remember those girls who I were telling, hey, I'm in this group. You know, I can't really do that because we don't do that, whatnot. But I was taking mental note of them because I knew like once this thing dissolves, I have to make up for lost time. So I was actually going back to those same girls. Oh. You know, first time that I cheated, sheesh, I don't know, man. I mean, I cheated so much that I can't go back to the first time I cheated. Wow. I can only go to like the monumental moments that I cheated that was like, yeah, that wasn't my best move. Tell me a monumental moment where you cheated that you remember. Okay. Yeah, I had one girlfriend who was the mother of my child. I had her coming over my house. And the apartment that I was staying in, in Queens, I had another young lady. So there was a scheduling conflict. She was already there oh. in my home. And then I had the mother of my child coming over. And I was trying to figure out how can I swap them out here when they don't meet each other. Whoa. Well, what happened was one girl left out the back door. In New York, you had those sewer grates. Yeah. Kind of open up the sewer grate. You go down the steps. Okay. So she went out that way. The other one went out through the front door. But apparently the young lady forgot how to like close it and she slammed the gate. So then my child's mother kind of went around the front and it was like a whole Scooby-Doo thing, like a mystery trying to find it. Oh my gosh, it's Scooby-Doo thing. You know, and I was just the guy that was like, it wasn't me. You know, it was a stupid dog. Oh, wow. You know, that kind of deal. But yeah, it was crazy. So you're trying to do it, but you're trying to avoid responsibility. What do you think drove you to cheat? I mean, was it kind of like, well, I just need to get as much acceptance? Or are you realizing, hey, like, people like me, so I'm going to get it out as much as possible? Or I just want as much? What was it? No, no, no. I think it was just the double impact of the lack of a mother's love and then the lack of the presence of a father. So I didn't get to see a father who loved my mother and treated her with respect. I see. And then I didn't get to see a mother who showed me the nurturing aspect of a mom. Right. So without the presence of either of those, I kind of just let the pornography train me up and then went from there. Okay. So it was kind of like what you saw in pornography. So you're just acting out what you saw on the screen. Oh my gosh. Sure. I mean, you know, I grew up later on to be an actor now. 
But when I was younger, I very much so acted out. So what I would wow. see on the pornography tapes was handsome guy comes in. You know, I'll start off with the 70s. So the guy had like a thick mustache and like a blazer, yeah. you know, and some bell bottoms. And he'll walk in looking real cool. And I mean, he just had a casual conversation with the girl, like at a bar. Wow. The next thing you know, he's at his house and just going to town. So that's what happened to me. John, let me ask you a question because you already revealed that you got caught cheating and you kind of deflected and you're like, that wasn't me. Sure. Was there ever a time, I mean, did you always kind of get caught a lot? Oh yeah, yeah. You did? Okay, so when you did get caught a lot, did you always respond the same way, like it wasn't me or how did you normally respond? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was worse than R. Kelly. Oh wow. I mean, I was like, you know, I need two forms of ID. I need my grandma present. I need the videotape. Give me the audio clip. I need a couple of witnesses before I go ahead and say that. Yeah, that's me. Okay, I see, I see, I see. So you would never, ever admit it. I didn't accept wow. at all. Never, never. I would be like, that was my doppelganger. Dang. That was my stand-in, my twin, not me. So I would deny it to the core. Now, real quick, I understand later on you got married. Did you think that getting married would resolve the past cheating issues or did it creep up into that first marriage? No, I think the first marriage would have resolved my homeless situation. Okay. Yeah, I got married to my first wife to set me up with a place to live. Oh, wow. Yeah, that wasn't like love or nothing like that. Oh, okay. So then there was cheating there as well then. Oh, God, it was a marathon of cheating. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my first wife got it worse than anyone else. Let's stop there, John. I want to hear more about this on our next show. I understand that it just kept going on and on into relationship to relationship. John, thanks so much for being honest and helping us to understand what happens in the minds of those who are cheating. And I'm excited to hear about how you got delivered from all of this because I don't see how there could be a way out of that, you know? And a lot of people feel like there is no way out of it, but you are going to share what the way out of it was for you. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. Hang on. Let's talk more about cheating right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? This to me, and I believe to the whole world, is a very fascinating show because we all talk to the one who's been cheated on, okay? But we rarely take time to talk to the one who did the cheating like John did. I mean, we tend to condemn undesirable behaviors like this and we label it as evil, which cheating is evil. Why do people cheat in the first place? As I was listening to what John was saying, what really stood out to me is that even though he had all those women sexually all of the time, at the same time, it seemed like his life was empty. Listen, how can you pour water into a bowl and then it only become more empty? Think about this. Why doesn't the bowl hold the water? And the more water you pour in, the less full the bowl becomes. 
Well, it's possible that lust and desire for more is just like having wire mesh strainer for that bowl. <laughs> it's full of holes. It's written in Proverbs 27:20, hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. You see, according to ancient scriptures, lust and having more doesn't necessarily fulfill you. There's a huge deception that John was living in the past that the more he could get, the more he would enjoy. The more he was able to fulfill his lust, the more he would be better off, right? But is that true? Is it possible? Well, is it possible to hold water in a wire mesh? Like, no. The water simply never will satisfy that container because the container cannot contain the water. And I tell you the truth, living a life of simplicity and being thankful for what you have will always be a bowl that can be filled where the lust, no matter what you do, is just going to go right straight through. Better to have less and be filled than to have more and to be empty. Lord God, I'm praying for the person who's saying, gosh, you know, I'm not a cheater, but I'm always wanting more. For that person who's saying that in their heart, Lord God, help them, Lord God, to truly find that place of contentment in you, Lord Jesus, the true meaning of life, to truly appreciate what we've been given. And we can't do that unless we have our lives surrendered to you. So Lord Jesus, for that person, we surrender our lives to you. We surrender our wants, our desires to you right now in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.